Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Hey, do you want to talk about our game, Turning Point? Oh my god. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts and co-author, co-designer, Phil. And I am your other host and co-creator, Senda. Hoo hoo hoo. <laughs> anyway, so for tonight's topic, we are hijacking our own show to talk about a new game that has been released on DriveThruRPG, Turning Point. I feel like I should have asked for a drum roll, but I didn't. For many of our longtime listeners, you may have heard us talk about Turning Point quite a bit um, because we've been writing it for a while. Um, And if you've run into us at a convention, you may have already even had the chance to play it while it was in design, which is awesome. It's been great playing it with all of you. Um, If you're a newer listener or you found this episode because you listened to the one-shot actual play and you wanted to know a little bit more about Turning Point, we're going to start at the beginning and we're going to kind of just cover the game in some detail. both the history and kind of how it works, right? But first, we need a definition. So, Phil, Definition Panda, what is Turning Point? Yeah, Turning Point is a dramatic, collaborative, decision-making engine. Uh, It's a story game where the group plays a single character who is facing a life-changing decision, a turning point. Yes, of course. Um, (laughs) The game's made for three to five players. It is prepless. And GMless. Yeah. Although there is a facilitator role that one player will assume. It's called the first player. But they are not functionally running the game like a GM and there's still no prep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Which means that once you know how to play the game, you can just take it right to the table. Right. Which is great. (laughs) Exactly. The life-changing decisions that you play out are called dilemmas. Uh, and they cover all sorts of various life experiences, some some mild, right? Like some not so intense and some um, later that'll be pretty intense. Yeah. Each of the dilemmas helps you set up the situation for the session, uh, as well as kind of guides you through creating the shared character. Yeah, they're, they're a lot like a uh, fiasco playset, right? Yeah, very much. There's no way to not draw that... Uh, not draw that parallel. And I'm a huge fan of fiasco. So, you know, it kind of, yeah. uh, that yeah. idea of being modular. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're the little modules that you plug into the overall mechanics to be like, this is the story we're going to play out. Yes. Yeah. And we'll kind of talk about how we got there because it's not where we started. I know. Not at all. It's very interesting. Anyway, so to kind of walk you through the rest of this, the way that you make the decision for the character is that you play out five scenes that are prompted by the dilemma that happened in the character's past. And you rotate that character through each person plays them once or more, depending on how many people you have playing. Every turn, one player plays the character, one player plays an important cast member, and then the rest of the players play the character's psyche, right? And it switches around. Everybody plays a different thing every time. And then each scene is about two possible emotional outcomes. So for instance, acceptance versus rejection at a time when you were into something that was socially unpopular, right? That might be the premise of the scene. And you're trying to determine the outcome of the scene, which of those emotions ends up being more important to the character acceptance or rejection, right? So the scene plays out right up to just before the end of the scene when we'd have to decide which way it went. And then we actually pause 
The players vote for which emotional outcome that the scene takes, and then that is the direction that the scene ends with, and that is the emotion that becomes important in the character's life. So during the course of the scene, there is a pile of tokens called heartstrings um, in the center of the table, and the players can draw those as the scene plays out based on how they're feeling and reacting to the scene and how it's going. And the total number of heartstrings at the end of that scene tells us how much impact that emotion and that experience had on the character um, going forward in their life, right? Yeah. So after all five scenes have been played, you have a collection of important emotions. Yep. And um, you have an indication of how important that emotion is to the character based on the number of heartstrings for each of the emotions. Yeah, And then there's a mechanism by which you add up the heartstrings for the different emotions because they the emotions side with one choice or the other. Yep. Um, and ultimately, that informs you of the decision that your character makes. And I, I just want to point out that because sometimes we sometimes we don't mention this when we start playing, but you don't actually make the decision for the character. Right. That's it's a it's actually a key component of the game. As a table, you don't make the final major decision for the character. Right. The 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 playing of the scenes determines what decision the character makes. And so there's a possi- there's a very real possibility and I always warn players of this when we start when we start a game. Like there's a very real possibility that you might be thinking I really want the character to make this decision, but ultimately they don't. Right. And and you don't necessarily have direct control over that. You have, yeah, you actually have no direct control over it. Right. Uh, which is, I think, the thing that we found very fascinating yeah, it's about really, the design. It's compelling because what it does is it informs us of the ways that other humans make decisions, the, 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 the complications that are, of course, involved in that. And so the things that look very clear cut from the outside about like, well, of course they would decide this. There's no other logical decision to make. You know, when you actually go back into someone's background and the emotions that are influencing them, they may not make the decision that you think is the only clear logical decision, but they have really good reasons for not making that decision. So I think that's a lot of what the game is about is kind of being able to step into somebody else's shoes and see why they would make the decision that they make, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think this is a game that creates empathy. Yeah. 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 Very proud of it. <laughs> so how, how did we wind up with this game, right? Like, the the thing was, we didn't even start out to try to make this game. In fact, what we were doing was developing um, Hydro Hackers. It's true. <laughs> right. We were, we were developing Hydro Hackers. But there's like, there's a thing that like game designers get caught up with, like when they're designing other games, like your brain so desperately wants to not think about the game that you're designing that like it like wants to go off and start other designing other things. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so originally the idea for this game was, so it, it morphed a few times very quickly. Yes. So, it, it it started, if I remember correctly, it started with it was uh it was the night before a wedding and you played one of the you played either the bride or the groom. I don't even think we I don't even think we cared which one you played at the point when we were designing this, that had some major thing that they were wrestling with. And I think initially it was like a kink. Yep. Um, yeah, but then I think it was. it was but then I think it was queerness. Like yeah. I, like I, which we'll yep. kind of talk about how that kind of evolved in a second. It did. But it was the idea was it was like the night before the wedding and you had this like big thing that was like, do I do I do this do I keep doing this thing 
and not get married or do I abandon this thing and get married? Yes. And so you can already see where that like the, you can already see the roots of where Yeah, there was a turning a point decision. comes out of this. Yeah, it's a turning point. Right. Um <laughs> So originally, it was called the Kink Game because that's how I found the file for it in our directory of of stuff. Like in our development directory, there's still a directory called the Kink Game, uh, and there's like nothing to it. There's like a bunch of ramblings on a in a Google Doc right, of like thoughts. Um, we right. and we just like I, we spitballed it one day, like over a couple of days, we spitballed it, and we just didn't, nothing really came from it. It was just like a whole bunch of ideas. But we were still working like heavily on H2O. So we were like, all right, good. We'll just table that and we'll like finish working on H2O. Yeah. But then like H2O got to a point where it was like more done than not done. Yep. <laughs> and and we were like a month or so out from Metatopia, uh, which is about the time where you have a call with Avi to talk about scheduling your your tests. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna. Why don't you tell like the next chunk of this, right? Like I, I just set right. it up. Tell the next, like right. the next chunk of this. Okay. Well, I feel like that you you left a cliffhanger there that I I feel like I have to answer at least part of, which is then we set up the call with Avi, and then we were like, well, why don't we also put this game on the list? <laughs> right. And then we were like. Now we have to write this game. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, actually, I just to I be clear. I think we had a little bit more of it than that when we, we said did we did have, have it. We did have more of it. And we were like, we had enough of it. So I remember there was a conversation I had on the way into work where there was like a little bit of a breakthrough about, I had read some article yeah. about about how past experiences influence current, like current decision making. Yes. And and it was, that's that's when the feverish designing started, right? Like I remember taking my afternoon walk and just walking around, and we were talking about dice. And <laughs> there were a lot of dice in the beginning of there the game. There were a lot of dice in the beginning of the game. Now there are no dice in the right. game. <laughs> right. The initial design started heavy with dice, um, but the, it, it, but that article was what gave. It's what gave me the idea, which then I I kicked over to you because then we like started kicking it back and forth. The idea of the like key emotions, yeah, right, yeah. Like the, which, which is the key piece of this entire game, really, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, if, if there's a premise that those important moments in our past and the emotions tied to them um, are what kind of steer us into the decisions we make uh, yeah. going forward. Yeah. So that was like a big piece of it, like that that article, and I don't even know if I kept the link to that article because I, oh. I wish, right, like, I wish I did. <laughs> But yeah, so then, yeah, we got into this, like, really feverish game storming. We did. For, for, for a couple of weeks. Like, right. slammed, but, but, but it came together, once it started coming together, it came together very quickly. Yes. Right? And then we got on the phone with Avi. Yep. And we were telling her about the game, because, of course, she, she, she bespoke everybody gets scheduled at metatopian so you have to kind of pitch the game so that she knows who to put in it and we said you know avi we have this game it's about making decisions we have like one thing to play through and it's about kink and you know this is kind of how it works and she said to us have you played the quiet year and we were like yes and she said you, you know the um the Discord. The Discord tokens. Have you thought about using something like that so that people can react? And we went, wow. <laughs> right, because because before the disc before the idea of the heartstrings. Yes. The the way we had come up with the emotional weight 
But what we had decided was, all right, so like go back to dice. Everybody voted on which outcome, which emotion they wanted by um, one or two dice, right? Like you had a you had a white die and a black die, yeah. very much like fiasco. Yes. Okay. And then you everybody rolled their die. Yeah. And, and that then, was the total number of like that's how many that's how much emotional impact it had, which Avi quickly identified was like boy that sounds really clinical for something that sounds really personal right for a thing that's really emotional and connective right yeah and so it was <laughs> by the time we finished the call with Avi, I was already ordering tokens yes. <laughs> we were already rewriting the rules again right but it was really good because as soon as we saw it we were like yes like this is a game yeah it's true we we sat down we played it at metatopia we played the kink dilemma in a room full of people and it was a complete non-issue it was beautiful some amazing folks at that table and we knew that it worked yeah um i mean we had nothing like when we showed up we had so i hate going to play tests with unfinished material (laughs) so so i think what we wound up doing was we, I think we had the play, I think we had the play mat. We did have some kind of play mat, yeah. I think we had the character sheet, which yeah. wasn't this final character sheet, but we had no. a character sheet. And we did not have the layout for the dilemma. No. Because I did those later. Yeah. Um, we just had the dilemma in a Google Doc. Yeah. And we had some rough rules in a Google Doc. And we had an X card and a support flower. Yes. And we played. Jason Cordova and Ugh. Rich Ruain from the um, from the Gauntlet were both in that playtest. So great. There was one other person. I honestly, I think somewhere we have their name written down or something, but um, they were excellent as well. I mean, that was really like jumping into the fire, and we literally did not know when we brought the game. We were like, "This yeah, game we, may not work." We had never played it before. Right, it had never it been played. F- it had never been played. It was all based on theory, <laughs> and we didn't even know if it would be fun. Right. Like right. we didn't like we had no <laughs> idea. So we got a lot of really good feedback. Um yeah. a lot of good feedback about that's where the scene structure came from. Yeah, the scene structure, um and and eventually uh the check in. Right. Because yeah. there were some questions about the um Yeah, using the support flower. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all that was Metatopia of twenty seventeen. Yes. <laughs> so we spent the next year refining the game uh because we took it to we took it to Genghis Khan 2018. Yeah, we did, didn't we? And yeah. I had laid it out by then. Yeah, you had. So I, had. I mean, we've just been running it at every convention since then. <laughs> yeah. So I I so we got it uh, more laid out. Um, mm-hmm. And we played it at Genghis. Then we played it at Breakout. We played it at mm-hmm. Origins. We took yep. it back to Metatopia. Back to Metatopia for the like high beta. test. High test. Yep, yep. For the high test, got some really good feedback from that and started yep. finishing the structure of the game. Yep. The last and- the last couple changes came out of out of the Metatopia high test. Yeah. Which is why. Um, <laughs> which is why the one shot episode sounds a little right. different than how the game Slightly plays. Different. Yeah, because the one shot episode does actually still use dice for voting, and we have removed that mechanic. It also didn't have the opening and closing scene. Oh yeah, that um, too. Because the the opening and closing scene were directly from the high test, and we recorded with James 
a day right before. Yes, before yeah. that. <laughs> right before the high test. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we didn't have that feedback yet. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So if you haven't listened to it, the one shot episode is a dilemma that we played. Uh, it was you and I, James, mm-hmm. uh, Cat Ramen, and uh, Rob Abrazado. Yep. Uh, and that was a fantastic story. It was, it was great. I believe it was Dream Job, right? Yeah, it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was Dream Job. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what happened is that we got into um, the summer and our initial plans were actually to kickstart um, yeah. this month, month July yes. 2018. <laughs> well, we say that, but... <laughs> But Encoded Designs has been fulfilling Kickstarter since July last year. Um, yeah, you've been doing a lot. <laughs> we did Iron Edda, and we went right in from Iron Edda into Streets of Avalon, and we're just getting now to the point of getting the book proofs from Streets of Avalon. Yeah. And the other thing was that with all of that, I also wasn't as far in doing the primary writing on the manuscript, because the way we've been dividing up the writing is I've been doing the primary writing, and you've been doing the dev edits plus filling in sections that are uh, uniquely you. Yep. Um, Because I also edit a bunch of podcasts. Correct. Um, (laughs) And we were a little bit behind and I don't like, I don't like launching Kickstarters without the game rules, without the manuscript being in the hands of the editors. Yeah. Because I'm not paying you to watch me, not paying you to watch us make a game. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you for money to publish a game. And I've yeah. and those are very strong lines, and then that's not how everybody does it. But for me and for Encoded, that's the thing I'm very I feel very firm about is that I only kickstart things that I need help publishing, not things I need to help writing. Because yeah. sweat equity, I can write on my own sweat sweat equity. Right. I mean, we could get into a whole conversation about that, but we are privileged to be in that position. We are because right? it's not a full-time job. There's exactly. I have a full-time job that, you know, we have full-time jobs that pay for all this. So, but I just for me, I have a thing very much about about how I like to run Kickstarters. Um, yep. and truthfully, Kickstarters run a hell of a lot faster if you are already in if you're in the publishing phase. Yeah. So, what so what that means is we got to a point a couple months ago where we were like, look, we're not going to make July. No. Um Let's just push this out to early 2020. One, because it'll give us more time to write the manuscript. And two, uh, taxes. Yeah, taxes on Kickstarter money is a Uh, thing. Yeah, because if you don't spend all your Kickstarter money before the end of the year, you have to pay taxes on what you have in your hand. Yes, so then you need the Kickstarter to be bigger to pay the taxes on the money that the Kickstarter is giving you. Yeah, so if we Kickstart it in early 2020, then we have all year to spend that money. Um, yeah, which, which is, is much easier. easier. Much, much easier. So anyway, the Kickstarter is going to be for creating the actual full game, um, which is going to be different than the quick start we're releasing this month in that it has more detailed instructions on how to play. So like a really much more just comprehensive overall, a much more comprehensive safety chapter. We've already been consulting with folks to make sure that it is very comprehensive, more first player advice, many more dilemmas. We're releasing the quick start with two dilemmas. We already have four dilemmas written just off the bat right now. And um, 
Of course, that's something that we're going to be looking at for the the Kickstarter is more than we even have now. And then, of course, artwork and then sort of a quick start script to teach the game quickly to new players. Yeah, we'll actually kind of take the quick start and and roll it back into the game. (laughs) Um, Minus, I think, all the rules. But what we'll have is we'll have a script that... If you want to play the game with people who've never played before, or you've just picked up the book and want to play the game, right. um, you go right to the script. You just start reading and it teaches you the game. Right. Teaches you and everyone else at the table the game, right? Yep, absolutely. So then the Kickstarter will also include some stretch goals where we are going to ask other game designers to pitch and write dilemmas. Yeah. Uh, so we've we've heard um, a number of game designers who've played the game already have been like, oh, I have an idea for a dilemma. I have this one. Oh, and I'm so excited for them. Yes. So there's, there's a, some really good ones. There's I'm a really lot excited of, for them. There are a lot of really good ones. I'm I'm going to say some of them are really tough. Yeah. Some, some people of them have, will be very hard to play. Yeah. Some yeah. people have pitched some ones that are really tough, and I, but they're human experience, and it's like, nope, we we're not pulling any punches. Like y- they can be in the book. Like, right. They're they, important. Uh, the right. other one, which we haven't really talked about, but I think that we will mess around with is something very similar. Like we did in Avalon where we did the box, which was kind of like a bespoke collection. Oh, this is news to me. Um, <laughs> I think we will probably do, and it will require some research on my side. We will probably do a limited tier where we will actually build you your turning point kit. So I have a particular set of heartstring tokens that I like, that I know where to buy them. Um, And we could get those tokens and little pouches and we'll, I will hand laminate. I will personally laminate. Phil Phil will personally laminate your play mat. Right. Like, but I, but I would, you know, I would like to, um, I would like to look at doing a limited number of those where we'll actually put your kit together for you and and send it out to you. But I don't we like we're not mass producing those because that's expensive and requires like a whole different level of operation. Yeah. Um, but I'm totally down with doing that. And I'm sure we'll find some other I'm sure we'll find some other things, including facilitated games that you and I can do. And yeah, we'll, we'll think of a few other things. But anyway, um, we're going to be starting to pull that Kickstarter together in the fall. And we'll start announcing it as it gets closer to 2020. And the thing that we're doing is that you can keep track of that by following Encoded Designs on Twitter. So at Encoded Designs. Uh, You can follow Encoded Designs on Facebook. And we'll put a link in the show notes for where you can sign up for uh, Encoded's newsletter. Because we will certainly send a newsletter out announcing the launch of the kickstarter and we'll probably send a newsletter like a month before we'll probably send out like a message a week before like we'll we'll get you ready like you won't you won't all of a sudden be like whoa shit the kickstarter right like you'll know like (laughs) and also if you keep listening to this show there will be consistent updates because we're both very excited about it (laughs) and we you know and it's a thing we work on constantly uh yeah constantly so you know it's all good so cool. And uh, and if you want to get the quick start right now, you can just go right to drive through RPG. You can just put in turning point, get the turning point quick start. Uh, we'll also put the link in the show notes for that as well. The quick start, because I don't think we said this, the quick start is everything you need. Uh, it has two dilemmas. It has yep. uh, PDFs for all the other play materials, and it has a kind of read along set of instructions that will teach you the game. 
So you just you can sit down. Uh, we adv- we recommend you read it once before you. Yeah, you take might want to read table. it once, but but if you didn't, I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world. Right, but it is it, the idea is that you're going to print the quick start, take it with you, and just you can read the script and uh, do the things the script say to do. We'll set up the game uh, and get you off and running. Yep. So that's uh, that's turning point. That is turning point. Exciting, right? It's very exciting. You've seen the cover. I've just seen the cover because we're recording this episode two weeks out, and I'm very excited. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so it's uh, that's good stuff. All right, cool. With that, after we have uh, given all the links to where people can pick up the game, we should probably roll out of here uh, and end the show. So, Senda, tell me about another show on the Mistracted Mark Network. Yeah, on the Wednesday evening podcast, All Stars, Brett, Tom, Kevin, Chris, and Andy get together and play games that get edited down into an audio drama for your ears. Join this crew of All Star players as they create stories from the games you love. I think right. they're playing Streets of Avalon again right now. I don't. I don't know what they're actually releasing right now. <laughs> right. I, I heard rumors of what's coming next. So. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internets? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. Someday there will be forums on the Misdirected Mark page at misdirectedmark.com, but we'll let you know about them when they come. And uh, if you prefer email, you can reach us panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? You can send us topics. Normally... This show is run on topics provided by our listeners. Uh, 95%. 95%. So <laughs> tonight was one of the 5% episodes, uh, which, by the way, if you are new to our podcast and you're coming this way because via one shot, the rest of the time we talk about GMing advice that is driven by input from our listeners. So uh, send us your topics. We love to uh, talk about the things that you find important in gaming. And we'll make a show out of pretty much any gaming topic at this point. I'm getting pretty sharp at it. Yes. In addition, if you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get access to the bonus outtakes from the show, the Misdirected Mark After Show, our Slack Room for Life. Hang with us on our Minecraft server if you're down with that. And... If you uh, were a patron of the show, you already have a copy of Turning Point. Yes. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) Membership has its privileges. It's true. (laughs) Um, And I suspect before the Kickstarter, they might have another dilemma or so just for being awesome patrons. Hmm. So Mm. that's a possibility Mm. as well. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we also like to shout out to our patrons. So who are we shouting out to tonight? Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice. Thank you so much, Andy. JT Evans, thank you so much. And Robert Dorgan, thank you so much. Awesome. If you are uh, already backing the Patreon campaign, which is fantastic, or you're unable to back the Patreon campaign, which is totally understandable, there's another thing that you can do that helps us immensely get seen by other people, heard by other people, uh, and just in general makes us about as happy as publishing a game. Eh, maybe not quite as happy as publishing a game, but pretty I mean, it's happy. Good. Yeah. It's good. It's pretty happy. I don't know. I haven't published a game yet as we're recording this episode. So, you will. I mean, I haven't published the one that I'm excited. Anyway, whatever. Um, 
You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review you leave really does actually help new people find the show and makes us super duper giddy. And if you leave it somewhere that is not the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we would super appreciate it if you let us know because otherwise we'll never see it. And we want to see it because we really, really, really love reading them. It's super duper awesome. We love artistic validation. It's really good. (laughs) Say send up. Show me what dilemma you're most excited to create for Turning Point. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got. Bloopy. Click, 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 says the waveform. Click, 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 says the waveform. It's going to be the beginning of, oh, my wave. Okay. I th- are, think they I, are they good? I'm looking. Uh, I think they look okay. Oh, gosh. Do I have a good grip on the, I'm going to. No, it's fine. I just want to, I'm going to try to go loud and see what happens. And okay. this is Phil. Yeah, okay, we're fine. Okay, cool. I'm going to lean back so I don't bonk the cords. And I'm going to, ow, my knee. Bloop. Anyway, so I'm sitting at this cabin, which is lovely. And if it weren't dark out, which it is now dark out, I'm sitting in this sunroom, which is also lovely because I can hear the water rushing by and I can actually look out and see the creek and it's lovely. And there's like a stove. And the thing that I learned tonight is that all of the mastery of marshmallow roasting that I acquired as a young person who camped every summer is not lost. I have mastered the art of the perfect marshmallow. Okay, so um, define for me the perfect marshmallow. The perfect marshmallow is golden on all sides. Top as well? I mean, okay, top and bottom are trickier because it's difficult to position the marshmallow accordingly for the top and bottom without losing it off of the stick or exposing parts of it that you don't want to more heat than you would like to. If you can accomplish it, it's great. But really, it's the slow rotisserie marshmallow that is golden on all sides circularly around evenly. So that it has a nice crisp and it's puffed up and it's warmed all the way through to the center so that it's melted all the way to the center, not cold in the center. Oh, I agree about the. All right. So I agree with you, right? Like the marshmallow has to be molten all the way down to the center, yes. right? Like that. Molten is, all the way through. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing worse than toasting a marshmallow and then you bite into it and it's like warm on the outside and then it's just marshmallow on the inside. Yeah. Like, on the inside and like so disappointing. Yeah. You've like, you've, you've, you got impatient. Like, now yes. I, I think this is where so I think that's great, right? Like I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with your definition of the perfect marshmallow. But yeah, gold the um, golden marshmallow. It's like the golden ticket, except it's the golden marshmallow. Right. But I also am the kind <laughs> of person who um will also just like set their marshmallow on fire. You monster. <laughs> like I will eat the charred flesh of the marshmallow. Like <laughs> you monster. <laughs> yeah. I, I've I have been known to do that. I'll start like roasting it and then I'll be like, eh. And then just like dip it into the fire for a no. second and just watch it like whoosh. No. no. Many a time I have blown off the marshmallow, waved it in the air for a second, and then just nom. 
Like, I mean, so the thing is, I will eat char on my marshmallow if I accidentally light it on fire, but I will put it out as fast as I can. No, no, no. Once it goes, I'm like, burn, burn. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is going to be the next potato salad, isn't it? I don't know. We're going to find out. Are you you in in Camp Senda? Camp Golden Marshmallow or Camp Blackened Charred? Do you, right. Do you Horror. like do you like your marshmallow C3PO or do you like your marshmallow Darth Vader? <laughs> I like my marshmallow C3PO. Yep, Thank nice you. and golden. Yep. I know um, they I, they start out R2 and then they, you you brown them up into C3PO, but if they go dark. Well, if you know, like burnt like, you know, burnt like Anakin. Yeah, but also yeah. they go to the dark side, right? Correct. Like then there's no coming back from that. Yeah, just right into my mouth. (laughs) Anyway, I had a lot more marshmallows than I probably should have eaten because I was having a lot of fun making perfect marshmallows and enjoying the fact that I could. They were beautiful. They were beautiful. Awesome. We'll talk about we'll we'll talk about more about uh, the C three PO versus Anakin marshmallow in the weeks to come, as Twitter <laughs> as Twitter will take on this uh, on this argument for the us. new war of the misdirected Mark. Good. Shall we do a show? Let's do it. Good. Meow. Oh, simul meow. That happens very rarely. That's very. That's. that's I feel like we need to do it again. So we know. Meow. Oh. Boom. 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 And everybody else plays the character's psyche. So each scene is about two possible. Um, what? I'm reading what you said. You missed the cast. I missed the part. cast member. <laughs> Try again. Cut that out. You wow. wrote this game. <laughs> I, I was wondering about the cast member. I was like, he didn't write that in. I'm just going to keep reading. It's fine. Why would you not? Why would you not question that? Because <laughs> um, I'm sitting here full of marshmallows. Bloop. Ready to roll? Yeah. Oh, do you want, okay, cool. Um, say, Sendo. Or where? did you did you want to do the other version real quick? Oh, do you want to do it really quick? Yeah, the just do it real quick. Wednesday evening. Um, so it's the Wednesday Wednesday evening panties all stars. Panty all stars. Right? Yeah, and that's what you have. Brett, to do, Tom, yeah. Kevin, Chris, and Andy get together to play panties that get edited down into an audio drama for your ears. Join this crew of all star panty players as they create <laughs> stories from the panties that you love. <laughs> We just just always replace the word games because that's the right. Okay. I think it's the yeah. I think, I think it's that's the it. That's I think that's the sweet spot. I added okay, panties anyway. in a few other places. Yeah, but no, I because just, it wasn't. It didn't say games enough. Yeah, but anyway, exactly. anyway, carry on, carry on. Bloop. If you're already back in the Kickstarter, which is great, and uh, if you're unable to back the Kickstarter, which is perfectly fine, there's wait, wait, another ki- thing. Ki- wait, 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 Kickstarter. Oh, the Kickstarter. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we don't have a you should yet. totally back the Kickstarter. <laughs> you should absolutely. There's no totally. Right, you should just, the just back yeah. the Kickstarter in the future. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, if you are, um, let me do that again. That's great. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's funny. Bloop. Take take us out of here. Yeah. Bloop. Show, Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me, Show me what, what you got. Show. Show me what you got. Oh man, two shows in two record shows. time. One 36. 36. 36. We need to punch totally out of here. Right fine. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. All right. Bye. Bye. See you at QCC. <laughs> well, no, this one releases. When does this one drop? We'll have seen you at QCC. Bye. We'll have seen you at QCC. Bye. <laughs>